never try to push I realize Gotta let go okay. of A minute here God you know, Somebody the other day they, they told me I should come up with Some kind of a Tagline for the people Who listen to us I can't come up With anything cool Like Nonsensicists But I I don't know Anyway uh, This is the Closet of Nonsense Welcome back uh, We're still in season three This is gonna be episode five um, and I know as much as everybody kind of hates the fact that we do solos on occasion and they make no sense where we put them and things, this is one of those instances where we've had so many episodes just completely fall apart at the last minute. Um, people getting sick, people having to move, people having to, they're admitting things we can, we realize we can't post without possibly getting sued. And as much as I like stirring the pot, I don't, I don't have any money. So I don't really want to like, you know get sued and lose. It doesn't sound like fun to me. Um, so from, from all of us, I kind of apologize for there being such a lapse in episodes, but that's just kind of how, how we had to play it for a little while here. Um, things are moving on. I, I, I'll get into kind of what the future holds for the, the podcast and kind of what we're all up to. Um, in fact, this podcast was supposed to be me and Jobin together and he's so busy that we have not figured out how to make time that fits both of our schedules to even sit for half an hour or 45 minutes and do a proper podcast because it's just, it's ridiculous how busy uh, we've all gotten. And, and I don't know, that's something, if you told me when I was a kid that being busy was a, a bad thing, I would have thought that that just sounds stupid. Like you want to have your job, you want to have your family, you want to have your fun, you want to have your weekends. And I had that very like cookie cutter idea of what my adulthood was probably going to be like, even though, um, I never really imagined myself working a nine to five or, or being quote unquote normal. I, for whatever reason thought I was going to have that normal life anyway. Um, cause apparently being a child is, you know, akin to being somewhat delusional. Uh, not that it's hard to believe I would be delusional, <laughs> but I guess if, if, if I went back in time and told myself like, Hey, this is how your life is going to be. I, it, it would have sounded miserable. The thing is, is that for me being busy with all the, the different work things that I do and raising kids and trying to have somewhat of a social life, even though it's very minimal. Um, I guess I, 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 I being busy now is not so much a, it's a good thing. It's like a, that's just how you survive. And if I told myself that as a child, I would have been like, that sounds miserable. Don't, don't do that. So, and I think that's one of the things we run into. Um, I was actually talking, talking to my son who has now entered the workforce and is working full time. And I had to point out to him that he works so many hours to basically pay his bills and not enjoy anything. And it was probably the most depressed I've ever made him. So, you know, I've always said that emotional damage is the gift that keeps on giving. And apparently I'm the king of that. But that's kind of what's gone on here, um, not just in the podcast, but in, in business and stuff. I mean, I'm behind on music. I'm behind on photographic projects and releasing clothing material and all. Yeah, we're all like, holy shit, are we just late for everything? And if you looked at my lists and my calendars and all the things I do that I pretend keeps me like in line and like organized, it's chaos. It's utter fucking chaos. And and I know that I'm not the only one. I know Skylar works above and beyond at his job and then turns around and tries to fit other things in while, you know, maintaining his stream and do all. And it, it's, it's a nightmare for him. Um, Ian 
moved to Denver and thought, oh, I'll have more time. We'll be able to talk. And when you come to Denver, we'll hang out. And the dude works like 4 billion hours a, a week. It's just, it's impossible. And I'm discovering that's what's going on with a lot of the people that I deal with day to day. We just don't have time to even sit down and, and really talk. It really has to be scheduled and, and trying to schedule that's been really hard. So that's why it's been so long since we've released an episode. Um, and like I said, we did we did actually record a couple and then realized, oh, shit, we could be in trouble. So um, which that actually happened before um, last season, we did some stuff prior to the election and a couple of the people that that were interviewed could have lost their jobs if they had if we'd released what they said. And I guess that's one of the things that made me realize that if you get somebody talking, they, they want to tell what's going on. They want to, to expose kind of the truth of, of a situation. And that's been really refreshing, but I don't think people realize how much they, they put themselves out there. Um, and, and it's, it's interesting to me because a guy I put out there, I was like, anybody who wants to talk about supernatural shit, be it UFOs or paranormal or ghosts or whatever, leading up to Halloween. I really wanted to do that. And that was a very, that was a goal. That's something I really want to do. So if any of you are out there and willing to do that, I actually did talk to some people and they told me some really interesting ghost stories, but they wouldn't, they wouldn't let me record it. They wouldn't let me put their voice on it and they didn't want their name attached because they thought people would make fun of them. And I find it interesting that still in this day and age, people are afraid to tell those things, but people who could lose their livelihoods, lose their jobs, they're willing to, to just kind of whistleblow and put it all out there. And it's these same people sometimes where a person will tell me a story that's hilarious or really embarrassing or something about some you know celebrity or political figure or what have you. And they're willing to put their name on it. And then they'll, that same person will tell me a ghost story or something that they happened to them that might, that might be judged. And they're like, yeah, we, we can't talk about that. We can't put that out there. I don't want my name on that. And I guess I constantly, I mean, I've always wondered this, like in, in any situation, like why does anyone give a shit what happens to someone else? Like, why, why do we care if it doesn't affect you? If it affects you, I get it. Like, I, I understand that. And obviously there's, there's universal blankets here where, you know, people who commit crimes overall affects everyone, whether you see it, I mean, the butterfly effect and everything. And I guess there is that positive and negative, but if somebody wants to get married to somebody else, it doesn't affect you at all. I mean, gay marriage is a, is a great example. If, if two of my gay friends want to get married, let them get married. Why does somebody who doesn't know them give a shit? Why does that matter? Why do people go out of their way to kind of shit on what other people are doing if it doesn't affect them? And especially in the last year. Um, well, I mean, shit, we just went through an election and I look at a lot of people expressing opinions that I kind of feel like they don't, not that they don't have a right. Everybody has a right to an opinion, but they kind of have put out there the idea of their opinion should kind of be a mandate and should kind of express more than just the basics of, of what that one person thinks that that should be what everybody adopts and thinks. And I really struggle with that. Uh, Roe versus Wade is a huge one. I, I know that during this last election, everybody thought that, you know, the, the, all the news outlets and I'm, you can't see it, but I'm putting the, the air quotes up news uh, out. Just don't question everything. Just please question everything. Um, but everybody's like, oh, no, this isn't going to affect the election. It's kind of waned. And it's like, how does something as personal as a woman's reproductive rights go away? 
Like, oh, that bothered me so much at first, but I guess I'm okay with it now. No, uh-uh. That's not how that happens. These, these are personal matters. These are personal things that affect people. And of course, it's going to weigh in and affect how you decide your political leaders, your religious leaders, things of that nature. It's a personal thing for every individual who deals with that. <laughs> I have an opinion. It's my opinion. Everybody's opinion is their own opinion. That doesn't mean that I should try and push that on somebody else. And that's, I guess, what gets me is, who gives a fuck? I don't have a uterus. So why should anyone care what my opinion is? It does. It shouldn't matter. Your opinion should matter to you and you alone. And in those situations, be it sexual orientation or whether you want to identify as a different gender, if it doesn't affect you, why do you give a shit? And so many people, well, it's ruining our kids. No, no, we are ruining our kids. We, as a society in the United States in particular, are ruining our kids by defending their bad behaviors and allowing them to make excuses for things that aren't popular or aren't, you know, I, 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 I haven't, I don't know if I've told this story on the podcast. I don't think I have, but a couple of years ago, we were looking for interns and it was because we were, we had, we were running the shirt shop and we were running the sound studio and we were running the recording studio and we were running a venue and we were just all swamped and all exhausted and we needed help. And a couple of the guys that worked with me said, let's just hire an intern, somebody who wants you know, school credit and maybe some, you know, free concert tickets and things like that. And we reached out to the school and, and the, you know, the college here in junction and, uh, they helped. They were like, yeah, absolutely. Here's what we do. And we ended up with some applicants and, and we went through them and we picked like three or four that we were like, yeah, absolutely. These people are, these are great. Let's set up interviews. And, um, the first interview, the person didn't even show up, no call, no nothing, just didn't show up. And I'm like, okay, well that doesn't really set the tone. And then the second one showed up and there was this guy who on paper looked great. Absolutely had the best resume, was very polished, really understood her things. But as soon as I started talking to him, I realized he, he didn't write his resume. Somebody wrote it for him. And after a little bit of digging, it was his mom. His mom wrote his resume to make him look really good and make him go to school. He wasn't interested in anything we we're doing. She was just trying to make it so that he was doing something with his college time other than just screwing around, playing video games, sitting in the dorm and going to the classes he had to. He was doing the bare minimum of what he needed to, to get by. Obviously not the kind of people that we needed at work because we pretty much have to do double what any human being is asked to do just to survive. And that sucks, but it's a simple truth. When you live off art, you got to work way harder because you're not really given the opportunity to succeed. Even the wealthiest of artists will tell you, you got to work way harder just to make ends meet when you're really trying to strive. And when you're doing that, not only for yourself, but for everybody else around you, it, it's, it, it's overwhelming at times how much and how many, how many hours you have to put in, how much work you have to put in just to do the simple things. So we said thank you and, and had that guy off. And then uh, and, and keep in mind, it was not just me at these interviews. I, I had people with me so we could get, I, I didn't want it to be a, a, a singular opinion. I wanted other people's opinions as well. So um, that guy was just me and, and one other person. And then the second one came in and uh, she came early, which was awesome. And we were in the middle of printing and she kind of just jumped right in and was talking to us and was like really interested in what we were doing and, and really into it. And, and 
kind of just realized over time, like she didn't know how to time manage. Cause she was like, well, I can be here on Monday, Thursday, and Saturday at these times and Friday and Sunday at these times. And that's what I can do. And I'm like, what? And she's like, well, I have a, I have a job. She was a server at some restaurant and then she had work study at the college and she had all these classes all over the place. And she just really thought that she could do all these things and really didn't understand that there's only so many hours in a day and that she was scheduling herself about 15 hours more than exist in a week, which I'm discovering is extremely common. A lot of people I know don't realize that if you sleep eight hours a day, you only have 16 hours in a day to be productive. One third of your life is spent, most people, obviously not me, but one third of your life is spent sleeping. So if you calculate it out and you figure out that you're working eight to 10 hours a day, five days a week, you're very limited on what you can actually fit in otherwise. And showing people that, like charting it out, showing them on a, cal- like on a calendar or anything like that will blow their minds. And it's not magic, it's math. It's simple math, but if you add up the hours and you add up how much time you actually spend on doing something, it it really does it, – it shocks people how much time it takes to just exist. Um, I, have, I have an ex-girlfriend who used to write down – I thought when we first met, I was like, God, you're just – you're overprepared. You're, what is this? This is ridiculous because she would write down every little thing that she had scheduled for like weeks in advance. And she'd obviously change it as things changed out, but she would schedule like from 1 p.m. to 2 p.m. We're going to the grocery store. I'm giving us an hour to do that from 2.15 to 3. I'll be eating and kind of catching up on social media from 3 o'clock to 3.30. I'll be in the shower. And it was, I mean, she scheduled it out and it was like, well, how much time it took her to do her hair? How much time it took her to do her makeup? When we had to leave and, and she hated being late, which is awesome because that's like one of my hugest pet peeves. I hate being late for anything. And I'm not one of those people who will tell you, if you're five minutes early, you're late. No, five minutes early is on time. Be on time. It's not hard to be on time. That's a simple damn thing. When when MJ said that to Peter Parker, I felt that shit. It's a simple thing. Be on time. It's not a lot to ask. So I was really pissed off when people, especially not only when they're late, but when they make me late, oh, I want to kill. I, oh, it's just murderous rage. So in that aspect, I was like, wait, this is how she makes sure she's never late for things. She's always on time. Now, the flip side of that is if somebody else affected that schedule, say we're getting off work at two in the morning and you want to go home and take a shower and eat and go to bed and be in bed by three o'clock in the morning so that you can get a full night's sleep before you have to get up and do the next day's activity and you can't do that because this person's talking or this ride is here or we can't get to our car because somebody's parked behind it or any number of different things that, that change that all of a sudden the whole next day is just fucked. And that was like really, really hard for her to deal with when her schedule got blown up unexpectedly. And it would be, it was, it was really hard for her to change rapidly change her schedule. If she knew a couple days in advance, fine. If she knew she had to shorten the, some things or she had to move things around or, Hey, I had an appointment or I got my nails got moved to another day. She was good with that. But if it was like in the middle of something, all of a sudden we had to change. It was like the fucking world came to an end. And so there's a, there's a negative to being overscheduled and unmalleable and unable to kind of differentiate that life doesn't revolve around you. Life revolves around itself and we don't control time. We don't control other people. And so given that it, it can go both ways, but you know, this girl just, I had to explain to her 
that she just didn't have the time that if she wanted to help and wanted to volunteer and stuff, we'd happily like let her into shows and let her do some stuff. And, and we're still friends to this day. This was six, seven years ago. And we still talk. Um, she's going to another school on the other side of the country, but you know, she really kind of took it to heart, but you know, she ended up having to switch schools because she burned out and almost lo- almost dropped out of college because she was doing too much. I don't want to be a part of that. I don't want to run people into the ground or work them so hard. And I suck to work for. I will work side by side with you. I will, I will be the person who's in the trenches of getting dirty and getting filthy or whatever. But I also expect you're going to do your job and I'm going to do my job. And if you're letting me down, you're not going to have that job much longer. That doesn't mean you won't have a different job or another job, but I'm never going to waste my time or yours doing something you can't do right, correctly, or want to do. I'd rather put you somewhere else where you're ready to. And that was the other side of it. So we get to this fourth applicant, and this is the one I had no opinions of going in. I was just like, I can't really tell what you want. I can't really figure this out. Like your resume is weird, and the application questions are weird. And so, and so this girl comes in, and she's very professional. Right off the bat, she's got her schedule. She's got everything, and and she's asking all the right questions. She's like interviewing us. Instead of us interviewing her, she's asking like, well, what do you expect of me? And it's like, what, what would my, you know, what would my job specifications be? And we're going through all of it and explaining, you know, like some of, sometimes it's as easy as, you know, we need you to just run some errands and do some things like we need office supplies or we need, and she's like, okay, well, I have a car, I have a license. I'm capable of that. It's like, well, we, we will compensate you in gas. We will make sure that you're not losing money. And, you know, she started asking about the different shows and well, what if I can't do something? What if I don't like the music? Can I give the ticket to a friend? Or can I bring a plus one so at least I'm not alone? Absolutely. Like everything was really art driven. Like I want to expand the community. I want to be a part of this. It was all the right things we needed to hear. And it turns out the reason she was so vague on her resume was because she's like, they don't really allow someone who's into the arts to be really specific. These are business questions. And the arts are so subjective to who witnesses it. You can be a great musician, but if nobody recognizes it or nobody thinks you're a great musician, you're just a great musician no one's ever heard of. And those exist all over the place. If you have a business sense behind it, you can be a great businessman, but a shitty musician. And I that resonated with me. I was like, yeah, okay, you get it. You're, you're in this. And she's cracking jokes and she's getting along and, it, and she's talking about it as if she already worked for us. And so we start getting down in the nitty gritty and we're filling out paperwork and we're doing stuff. And and she goes, okay, so what's the schedule? And I was like, well, we usually get here about eight. And then the other guys get here about nine and start printing. Really, you don't need to be here until 10. If you can be here at 10 and you can start coming in, check, you know, checking on. Sometimes we'll need you to grab stuff on the way in. And, and obviously, if it's one of those, hey, we got a long day. If we want to grab food or something, like I'll give you, you know, access to, to our accounts or whatever. I'll give you a little prepaid card for petty cash or things like that for those days. Or we'll just do receipts or whatever, however it's easiest for you. And she's like, yeah, that's okay. But can we, can we make that noon? And I'm like, I mean, we, we really need you here by 10. We start at eight and nine, you know, we start prepping and getting stuff. I mean, I, I, I don't think you need to be here with everybody else when we first get started. Cause it takes about an hour to get into swing of things, but you got to be here. And she goes, well, I really can't be here before noon. And I asked her, I was like, well, do you have another job? No. Is it, do you have like a morning class? No, I just can't function before noon. I really prefer that. And I'm like, well, th- I mean, that doesn't work. She goes, what do you mean that doesn't work? I was like, the job starts at 10. She goes, no, it's my internship. I should get to choose when I, when I work. And I was like, well, I mean, that's a give and take. You've already said which days you can be here and it's three days a week. And that's awesome. And we're logging those hours and you're getting credit, but you, you know, 
you need to be here when we say you need to be here. And, and she's like, I, I don't understand why I do that. I was like, well, I mean, what about your classes? She goes, well, I mean, I have a morning class. I just don't go. And I was in shock. I was like, what do you mean you just don't go? Like, doesn't that mean you're going to fail? She goes, probably. I told them not to give me a morning class. They gave me a morning class. It was the only time it was available. And I need that class. And I'm like, so you just don't go. And that's okay with you. She's like, oh, I'll figure it out. I guess it really doesn't matter in the long run. I got to figure these things out. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, that doesn't make sense to me that you're determining for yourself to fail because you don't want to get up. Is that what it is? And she goes, no, I'm up. And I get up and I do yoga and I, I eat breakfast and I get my coffee and I do all this stuff. I just can't function before noon. And I was just in shock. I was like, there's no fucking way that anyone has just let you go 18, 19 years of your life and never called you on this. And before I could even say it, the guy who was interviewing with me said, were you late for school a lot? And she's like, no, like in high school. And he's like, yeah, she's like, no, my mom dropped me off. He goes, cool. So we need to have this interview with your mom and make sure we schedule with her to make sure she drops you off on time. And he just got up and walked out. And she's like, what was that all about? I was like, you do understand that when somebody offers you a job or offers you a schedule, like you have to meet that schedule. And she goes, yeah, that's why I don't have a job because everybody wants me to work their schedule and I don't do that. And I'm like, then you're probably never going to have a job. And she just kind of looked at me and she goes, so I don't have the internship. I was like, you're perfect. I'd love to have you. But if you're not going to be here at 10, she goes, yeah, I won't be here till noon. I was like, then you don't have the job. I apologize. And ever since then, I've just stopped trying. In many ways, I've just stopped trying to reach out to people and give them the, the benefit of the doubt. Like, I'm going to help you move forward. I'm going to help you do this. Because if you can't do something as simple as be on time, you can't show me anything else. Because that's the very first impression of every day that you're giving or, or ever, every meeting. And if you can't be, and obviously there are circumstances where people are running late because of things out of their control. But if you're just flat out telling me right off the bat, I'm not going to be here on the time you tell me because it doesn't fit my lifestyle, then your lifestyle doesn't fit what I'm putting in front of you. And I really wonder how, you know, people nowadays go to school or go work new jobs. And if that's not one of the things that's affecting the, the job market right now is People are just refusing to work because it doesn't, you know, meet their requirement. It's almost like everybody wants to be personally unionized, but they don't actually give a shit about what that does to everybody else. And and I feel for especially like small business owners who need employees, like it must be a fucking nightmare right now. It must just absolutely be one of the worst times ever because hiring has got to be a fucking nightmare. I can't even imagine it. I, I, there's no fucking way. I don't know. It just kind of goes back to the whole idea of like, why do we give a fuck about shit we shouldn't give a fuck about? And then why don't we give a fuck about things we should give a fuck? I mean, oh my God. This election really, like, elections always stress me out because, and I've said this a billion times to a billion people, if you don't take part in your local election, you are part of the problem. Like, if you complain about things that are going on on a grand scale and you don't do anything locally to affect your local government or officials or representatives, you're part of that big problem. And, and I don't get why people don't, don't understand that. Um, and, and people granted are starting to understand that more. Um, 
Oddly enough, I give a lot of credit to Bernie Sanders for that, because Bernie Sanders, even though he was never really a viable candidate for president, really brought a whole new group of people to pay attention to what the elections really are. It didn't change a lot of the oversight, and it didn't change a lot of the opinions as far as what people think. Like, uh, my mo- the most frustrating thing that has gone for me recently is uh, inf- everybody's concerned about inflation. Everybody's freaking out about inflation. And so many people want to b- blame the president. It's not the president's fault. Inflation is corporate America's fault. And and worldwide, it's it's corporations. Companies, large corporations in particular, are making more profits now than at any other time in history. So even though the costs of what it takes to make these things has not gotten higher and they're not paying more wages for the people who are making these things, they're they're increasing their profit margin, they're increasing their markup. That's what's affecting inflation. And that's a global thing. That has nothing to do with here in the state. Gas prices. Everyone's like, oh my God, gas prices are so high. It's the president's fault. It's the president. No, it's not. Because our president in the United States has nothing to do with what's going on in the Middle East or Europe. Or Gas prices are high because oil companies are getting record profits on petroleum products. The profit margin on a barrel of oil is higher than it's ever been in the history of the market. And people don't recognize that that's actually what causes those issues. That's not a political thing. That's a we're dumb sheep who spend a lot of money because we're told to and don't really pay attention to what prices really do. Take an economics class. It's like chapter two, three, and four on how this works. And yes, those are boring classes, but that will actually teach you something as to how these things really affect. That's not really a political thing. Changing of election can affect and spike things. It can cause changes in things because of lobbyists and unions and things of that nature, but not on the grand scale that we're talking about. That's localized. And so people will will sit there and, and give a fuck about things they don't necessarily understand, or they'll give a fuck about things that they, that they, oh, I think this, oh, I think that, and give an opinion. But then when you ask them, hey, well, do you vote for your, you know, who voted for you? Do you know who your mayor is? Do you know who your representative is? Do you know who? And they're like, no. Well, then you're not helping. You're part of that problem. You're part of a systemic breakdown in how government is designed. If you're a Republican in the United States, you want states to have individual power. Therefore, you should recognize who your local representatives are so that you have a direct line into what you're doing. If you're a Democrat and you want the the federal government to have more reach, then you need to be stepping up and knowing who you have to deal with on a local gubernatorial at least level to know who's going to the large government to represent you and do they represent your ideals and what you want. If you're not doing those things as either of those parties or any of the other parties are concerned, if you're not representing, first off, you're in the wrong party. Re-register as an independent and don't really call yourself anything because you may not know. And two, you are giving a fuck where you're not really allowed to give a fuck because you're not doing anything about it. It's like those people who complain about their jobs left and right and won't shut up and, oh my God, my job sucks and this person sucks and I don't want to do it, but they won't quit or look for another job. It's your fault. At that point, take responsibility for your own actions and register the fact that you are at fault for doing nothing to change in a positive or negative manner what is going on with you. That is up to you as an individual. If you don't do that, then you're not doing anybody any good, least of all yourself. And I don't know why that's so hard to register. Like, this election was batshit. Like, watching, you know, what was predicted and what was expected and who was going to win and how it was going to change things. And then it just didn't happen. It's like the whole election just fizzled into this whole completely different thing. And nobody really knows what to do. 
And there's still like there's runoffs and there's, you know, there's celebrities trying to win in in situations where they're running against people don't really understand. And, you know, what's going on in Georgia, what's going on here in Colorado? You know, we've got a, a, a local representative where it where as, you know, Adam Frisch, who is the representative in my district, people thought he was going to lose. They were pretty sure. And then all these polls were like, man, you may have a chance. No one knew it was going to come out to you. I mean, he was in a lead for a long time. And that 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 race is still so close that no one everyone's really hesitant to call it. Against Lauren Boebert, and, and I've talked about Boebert on the podcast. I have a little bit of personal, so I'm not going to try and bias here, but you know, these are this is an election that it was supposed to be a walk away for her, and it wasn't. It was supposed to be a walk away as in, in Arizona and Nevada, and they're not. And it's because more people are paying attention that weren't necessarily voting for, her, particularly people from t- age 20 to 30, who kind of came out of the woodwork out of nowhere and said, "Wait, wait, wait, this matters to me." And so th- there's hope. But that's got to that's got to get more prevalent. It's got to get more open. Everybody has to kind of do their part and pay more attention. Otherwise, in my opinion, you should just stop complaining. Like stop giving a fuck about things that don't matter to you, and then you give a fuck about things that do affect you, but you won't do anything about it. That's just completely. It's narcissistic at at best, and it's causing a systemic problem at worst. You know, I, it's just shocking to me how many people don't even realize that. But then they'll they'll worry about what's going on with the Kardashians or what Elon Musk is up to. I mean, correct. can we just agree Twitter's a shit show? But it's like amazing. Like I don't know. I don't know if anybody. We have a very small Twitter following on on for the podcast, but I personally have a couple of accounts, and I'm seeing some of the funniest shit I've ever seen. It's like MySpace with no rules is going on. I'm like now you can pay to be verified. And and while I get the concept behind that, because you know, Elon was like, "Well, we don't, we're not getting any money from advertisers, so we need to charge." And so this is how we're going to make money. Everybody wants to be verified. Well, you can anybody can be verified now just by paying. So the first thing that happened is there's like a billion Elon Musk impersonation accounts, which I think is hilarious. Um, so he'll make a post, and then right after him, other people are making posts that are right after. I saw one one uh, company. Uh, and I'm going to fuck this up. So I don't, I don't want to say the name of the company, but they provide insulin and somebody made a fake, but verified on Twitter account of this company and said, we will now be giving insulin out for free. And the original company had to get on and say, no, 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 we're not. That's not what we meant. Now the guy who created insulin gave the patent away because he thought it would save lives. He gave the patent away. And yet pharmaceutical companies are charging insane amounts of money for insulin to when it was it was free it was supposed to be free that's it, it for one it's just immoral i don't have a i don't have a whole lot of uh faith in most pharmaceutical companies as it is but the fact that they went oh no 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 we can't do that now here's the thing is that opens up the possibility for this huge lawsuit that could essentially at its end hold elon musk responsible for allowing a company to verifiably impersonate another company and make a statement on their behalf. So it's almost like, and and, and this is weird because I don't necessarily agree with cancel culture. And most times I, I, I don't agree with it at all. I think it's actually just people whining and complaining about something they don't maybe understand or, you know, people again, giving a fuck where maybe they shouldn't give a fuck. But if they're going out of their way to cancel this person, cancel this person. Indirectly, what's kind of going on is that this may be the time when the the youth in the United States or the youth worldwide kind of cancels billionaires and and takes away their power with by taking away their dollar. 
And then really, if you get down to it, and many really weren't billionaires, that's all they have is they flout. They're like that poker player who has the giant stack, and they don't really bet, they don't really play well, and they don't really do anything, but they have so much money, they have so many chips, that you just can't do anything against them because they can just out, literally they panic and just go all in, and then everybody has to fold because they're not quite sure because there's that chance that they could lose everything on a, a hand they're not quite sure is is really a winning hand. Obviously, if you know you got a winning hand, play that shit. But that's so rare. Well, right now, I think we're watching so many people banding together. It's like eight of the nine players at the table are going, well, if we all play, he's going to lose to one of us. Let's keep doing that. And that's kind of what's going on with Twitter right now is I think Elon is facing a severe financial detriment based on his own actions. He kind of wanted to play Monday morning quarterback with Twitter acting like, well, I'm on Twitter and I use Twitter and I like Twitter. And then he got in charge and he went, oh, fuck, I don't actually know what I'm doing. And so what does he do? He fires everybody in a really, really horrible way, by the way. I, I, I'm i not okay with the whole emailing of memes to, to fire people. That's, I mean, I've fired some people in my life and holy shit, is it harsh. No matter how you do it, firing somebody is, is actually not, it's not pleasant. Even if you kind of enjoy it and the person deserves it, it's still not pleasant. Um, and they kind of made a, a joke out of it. And these are people's lie loops. Some of these people have been with Twitter for years and they're suddenly just, and the people who weren't being fired, they're resigning. They're like, this is a, a shit show. I don't want to ride this boat. I'm not going down with this ship. And so I kind of, uh, it's an example of things that are going on around the world in other corporations where people think that throwing that dollar can give them some sense of, of royalty almost. And it's like the peasantry is uprising and going, fuck you. I'm going to take my, my little, little tiny slice of the pie and go elsewhere. And it's going to be interesting to see how that, that plays out. Because again, that's one of those that, you know, we're, we're paying attention to pop culture and that's what most social media is. And in dealing with pop culture and dealing with social media and all those things, you're going to be subject to opinion from all angles. And if you don't prepare yourself for that, it will emotionally and mentally beat the living fuck out of you. <laughs> and I bet right now Elon Musk goes from moments of feeling really fucking tough and like he's on top of the world to, holy shit, I may have fucked everything up. And I bet, you know, Zuckerberg, I bet he goes through it. I think a lot of people who are in positions of power based on monetary value instead of actual influence, I think they go through the same thing. And I think that some of the poorest, Loveless is a great example the the whole debacle on TikTok with with you know Sam Smith being worth so much money and Lovelace being worth almost nothing and and it do research on that for yourself if you want to understand how fucked up the music industry is and how fucked up management and record labels can really be that is why I started a record label that right there and I started my record label you know. 22, 23 years ago, and I'm still fighting that bullshit, and I'm still fighting just people taking me seriously because we're such a small label and we're so independent because we actually want to benefit the artists and what they're doing. And the fact that we do that, not just as as those of us in ownership or management, but all the artists, we all support each other the same way. We're, we're considered like dumb for that, and yet we all succeed on our own. We set our own expectations and our own level of success. And you tend to not let yourself down when you do that. It's surprising how it works when everybody else is like, oh, you want to do this this way? Cool. We're behind you. And that's what management and what a label is supposed to do. And in situations because of things like TikTok and because of popularity, it throws things off. 
it, it, it skews that. Sound, you know, SoundCloud's done it. Uh, Spotify's done it. Allowing people to, to, to create their own playlists, and their own mixes and things like that. It's great and it opens up the art world, but it also opens up people, the, the sharks in the water who are looking for the, the, the blood spots to go kind of attack those people and take advantage. And that sucks. That absolutely sucks. Um, but, I mean, that's social media as a whole. I, uh, fuck. It's part of the reason why we haven't expanded our social media on this podcast because, like, we really don't know how to, you know, how do we make a TikTok account for a podcast? That makes no sense to us. And yet I'll sit there and watch excerpts from podcasts all fucking day and waste six, seven hours in a week watching shit that, so I say we can't do it, but really, can we? Obviously it's getting done. Anything can be entertainment if you just find entertainment in it. Again, subjective to opinion. I don't know. I, uh, I worry about it the same way I've always worried about Facebook, you know, being taken as news, you know. You know, you it's a news feed. No, it's not news. Just because somebody says it on Facebook doesn't make it real. Fact check. Again, question everything. I worry about that going on with Twitter and that going on with TikTok and that going on with Reddit even, where Reddit's pretty honest, but there's still a lot of misinformation out there. And unfortunately, people tend to take semi-believable. It's almost like the delivery. How you say it dictates whether what you're saying is believable instead of the content itself. If you say it in an authoritarian way or like you're a newscaster, people tend to take it more seriously. And that sucks because I know a lot of people who are very opinionated and utter dickheads and have no knowledge of anything, but they sure sound smart. They sure sound like they know what the fuck they're talking about. Those people are dangerous, especially around people who are so susceptible to misinformation and, you know, falling down those rabbit holes that are so prevalent in, in today's society where you can make anything into a conspiracy theory. Everybody's paranoid on some level. It's like, we can't help it. You watch babies not trust each other now, whereas that used to not be the case. Now they're like, you might be an alien. You're a lizard person based on weird shit that they hear their parents spouting off. And we create that. That's our fault. It's our fault that we're creating more misinformation and more conspiracy and more paranoia is because we don't actually check ourselves. It's like just inherently lazy that we don't fact check shit enough that we may repeat something that isn't true. Even if you unknowingly spread a falsehood, you got to correct it at some on some level at some point. And too many people make excuses and defend that. That's just fuck. That's pointless. That doesn't do that does nobody any good. It never will. It never has. And I don't know why it's so easy and it's almost excused now. It's like we all just expect the bullshit and it's easier to believe the bullshit because it fits into what we want to think anyway. So that's got to be the truth. That that aligns with my religious and personal opinions. So I'm going to believe it, even though it completely doesn't make any logical sense. I don't know. Anyway. Well, spouted off a little bit on, on some of that shit. Um, we as a podcast, we, we're working on some much larger interviews um, in, in other areas. Uh, I am planning to do the touring season for 2023, finally actually really hitting the road again and uh, getting out and, and visiting people all over the country, um, potentially outside the country as well, working on that a little bit. I'd like to get back to Canada and see some friends and do some stuff. But uh we're going to try and get some some bigger names and some other people and get some really diversify what we're dealing with. Again, it's a matter of scheduling, um, not just on my part, but on the people that we're interviewing. You know, the, the beauty is, is the people you want to listen to and the people you want to experience what they're talking about. It's because they're fucking busy. <laughs> That's why you know who they are and why they're interesting is because they're they're doing shit and that makes it hard. So 
that being said, we are working on that. Um, hopefully here, Jovan and I can either sit in a room or hell, we could zoom each other from across town or something so that you're getting catch ups on him. I don't, I don't necessarily want to speak for him. Same with Skyler, who is planning a, a move out of the, the area. So that's going to make things a little more difficult, but again, we, that's why zoom exists. Um, if you do get a chance, uh, check out his stream on Twitch. It's, He's hilarious, even when he doesn't mean to be. Um, every time he, he screams like a little girl when he gets scared, I giggle. I can't help it. It's so funny, um, and it happens a lot. Or when he does something really spectacular, he's so like excited about it because he just doesn't think that he's good at anything that it's like infectious how good he feels, and you can't help but like smile and laugh. So do that. It's it's definitely worthwhile if you're into the into the into watching streamers. He's definitely very entertaining. Um. The other side of this too is we want to hear from more from you. We're getting a lot of people making suggestions like you should do a podcast about. And it's like, well, why are you suggesting that? Well, because I have an experience. Cool. Do you want to talk about it? And then we hear nothing. Like we want everybody to feel a part of this. So if you feel like you've got a story to tell, I want you to, to hit us up. I mean, it's the closet of nonsense at gmail.com or hit us up on Facebook, hit us up on Twitter, DM the shit out of us. Like it's fun for us to talk to all of you and get ideas but it's more fun if your idea involves you or the people that it, the story you're trying to tell us was involved. That's the shit we want to do. And I don't care if it's true crime. I don't care if it's supernatural. I don't care if it's entertainment or arts. I don't care if it's fashion. I don't care if it's food. I don't care if it's politics or religion. I don't care what it is. We are the closet of nonsense because we are all inclusive. We don't have any set structure. We just want a good story and a good interview. And we want to tell your side of it. We want to tell what you think should happen. That's what matters. As long as we continue doing that, we should actually really continue doing this indefinitely. As long as we keep communicating, as long as we keep telling stories, there's no reason to stop. And hopefully you find it entertaining. There are so many of you that have been so supportive and come out here. It's great. And we really appreciate you. But we want to show that appreciation by sharing your story. That's that's the key here. That's the goal here is to, to spread as much awareness of each other and really create that community and really spread the word of different things that are important and entertaining and fun. Positive, negative, and in between. That's what matters. Um, Anybody who knows me knows that my holidays pretty much consist of Halloween, and that that that's it. I don't really like the holidays. I've hated them since, really since I was a kid. But uh, Aries says, well, it's, it's seasonal depression. No, I just hate the holidays. I hate kind of what they stand for and how some people are so left out, and, and there's so much commercialism involved and, and things of that nature. But there are people who go through depression and, and do feel alone, and, and in particular right now, reach out to your family, reach out to your friends. If there's that person you haven't talked to in six months, I, I suck at communication. I send memes. I do. I, I suck at communicating. I, I, I can't express my, my real emotions for shit. And I don't know if it's just my idea of what being proud is or masculine or, or what it is. I know it's misaligned. Um, but I'd like to think that we all kind of have a responsibility to check on each other, even if it's just something, shoot that meme, shoot a joke, a song that makes you think it's whatever it is, do something, reach out, make sure no one should ever feel alone. And, and everybody's always going through something. Every single person in your life is going through something right now. Knowing that there's somebody else that cares, even if they don't know what's going on, it counts for more than anybody really knows. And sometimes you're making somebody's day. Sometimes you're saving a life. 
be aware of that as we're getting into the into the holiday season and and through all this and and make sure you're checking in on people because if you take responsibility for for anybody else they're probably going to take that same responsibility for you and who knows when you might need it maybe you need it right now and you reaching out to somebody else is your cry for help that's okay that's completely okay that's what you should be doing you should be asking for people to to enter your circle even if it's temporarily just so you don't feel alone or you're making somebody else not feel alone that's that's humanity animals are capable of this uh, on all levels and we're just animals it's like we just have this sense of oh well, that's your problem not mine fuck that just fuck that that's not the case anymore if you're going to give a fuck about shit you shouldn't give a fuck about give a fuck about the people you should give a fuck about it's pretty simple it's a simple concept, and it's gone really alien too many times for too many stupid reasons. And I hope that we, as a society, as a as a species, get the fuck over that because it's just toxic. I don't use that word very well, very often. Toxic, because I think it's overused and I think it's misunderstood. But that is toxic. It's absolutely horrible that we can just spread this idea of not caring. Just remaining aloof. Not my business, not my problem. But then all the other shit that we have opinions about that's really none of our fucking business. Well, you can have that. It has to go both ways. It really does. Or quit bitching. It's just pretty simple. So on that note, as moving forward, um, God, I really want to say who the next episode is. But if I do and it's wrong, I, I'm going to hate myself. So I'm not going to do that. Um, I don't even know what music I'm going to throw. Actually, I do know one thing. I can't stop listening to Echoes Freeverse 6. Holy shit. Definitely throwing that on here um, to close out because the man's a fucking genius. He's killing it. I absolutely love everything he's doing. And and it's just the fact he keeps just putting out more and more great material. It's fantastic stuff. So I'm going to definitely put that. Who knows what the opening song is? You'll know if you check the thing. Um, please, please, please follow us on Facebook. Hit us up on Twitter. Follow us on YouTube. That's the big one. Um, if you want to see bigger and better things from us, it sucks to say, but we need that that help from you in actually clicking that follow button. Yeah, downloads, things like that, that's great. But if we want to talk to somebody who has a manager, all they give a fuck about is how many likes do you have on Facebook? How many Twitter followers do you have? They don't give a shit about the fact that we're averaging 300 downloads a week. We're getting huge numbers of downloads on old episodes. Shit from the first season is still getting downloaded. And thank you all so much for that. That's fucking awesome. We're getting huge numbers of streams on Spotify and Apple and, and all those things. But unfortunately, if we want to do better things, if we want to actually get be considered a, a reliable source of information, we need those follows. We need those, those likes. So do your part if you can. If you don't, we understand. If you're embarrassed, I get that too. I get that a lot. It's okay. That's okay. Um, we are that dirty little secret for some people, and I'm I'm totally okay with that. So you still listen to us and got us in your in your in your little AirPods there, and that's good. So um, as always, stay safe, reach out, take care of each other. That's all that really matters. Hope you're having a good day. Hope you have a good week. Hope you have a good month, and hopefully there'll be another episode in two weeks. Peace. You're the six in the gauntlet, y'all been waiting with trust I had a journey through my psyche just to gather them up Hopped across the timelines until I got what I want And when I snap, I'ma turn half of these rappers to dust I cannot adjust to all this rack rap getting love They panned to the dumb, impressionable people And once they find a formula that works to keep increasing the buzz They make the same shit until they